we're continuing our 12-part series in Matthew this morning, but it was so amazing um, how everything kind of matched up in terms of, like Lee told you, I don't know, a week or so ago, how he felt led to switch the, the order of the messages in Matthew. And then, um, so everything just kind of got moved. And then when um, I went to read the passage that was for today, I was like, you're kidding me. It could not be more perfect for today. So this is how God works, right? And it's funny how we're always kind of surprised. <gasps> well, he's just always good, so why are we surprised by that? But anyway, um, when we answered the call to plant a church, a vineyard on this side of the river, um, we kind of wondered what his plans were because neither Lee or I are from the Quad City area. This is not our hometown. We moved here um, for a youth pastor job um, 18 years ago. And he's from Wisconsin, and I'm from Colorado. And we're like, well, why would you, God, why would you ask us to plant a church somewhere that, you know, we came for a completely different reason? So we just kind of wondered, like, what's, what's going to happen here? And of course, when, when he laid it on our hearts, we just said yes, because that's what you do when God asks you to do something, right? You just say yes. And uh, even if you don't know how it's all going to play out. And um, there was this one particular day that Lee was having a time of prayer with um, our sending pastor, Pat Street, who was here a few weeks ago speaking to you. And um, they were just praying about the church plant. And as they began to pray, Lee um, received a vision of people crying out, people in this area crying out to God for mercy. And he saw, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the picture was of, you know, someone whose arm was being twisted behind their back, you know, like, instead of saying uncle, they're saying mercy, right? Um, and as he saw that vision, he just began to weep because the compassion of Jesus for the people just fell on him. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be hard, guys. So, um, and as we began to prepare to plant the church, um, I felt that same compassion put in, into my heart as well. And you may wonder what that has to do with you because you think, well, God didn't plant me to, did God didn't call me to plant this church. Well, actually, he kind of did, but because you're here, so you're kind of called to help plant this church. We're still planting, by the way. Ten years in, we're still planting. We're staying in planting mode because if we stay in planting mode, then that means we're, reach, we're, we're working to reach people who don't know Jesus. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I believe the passage in Matthew illustrates today uh, not only what Jesus came to give, but what each one of us is meant to do about it. So before we read it, let's pray real quick. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for your word. And we thank you uh, for your presence. God, we just thank you for who you are. And I just ask, God, that you would cause your word to come alive in us. I know we ask that every week, but Lord, that's what we want, is we want your word to come alive in us. 
God, would you speak to us by your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to read from Matthew chapter 20. If you want to look on your Bibles, on your phones, or it'll be up here on the screen, Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 29 to 34. It says, As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, but they only shouted louder. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and he called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them. Other versions say that I like better say that Jesus was deeply moved or that Jesus was moved with compassion. But Jesus was deeply moved and he touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. So here's what I want us to remember this morning. It's the mercy that we have received is meant to be shared. Webster's defines mercy as kindness or help given to people who are in a desperate situation. And wasn't that each one of us before we knew Jesus? Weren't we each in a desperate situation? I want us to do a, a, a short exercise. I want you to think back to the moment that you met Jesus. Think back to that moment. And you made the decision to follow him. How did he show you mercy? What was given to you in that moment? And if you can't see how Jesus has transformed your life, or or you've never had that encounter, he wants to encounter you today. He's here to encounter you today. Because without Jesus, our situation is desperate. Like the blind men in the passage, right? Without Jesus, we can't see. But our journey doesn't end with that initial encounter. Because here we are today, right? So let's break this passage down. Let's look at how Jesus responded to these men and to us and why it's meant to be shared. The first thing is that Jesus has mercy for us. Blind people in Jesus' day did not have the resources that we have today. Their situation was desperate, right? They had to beg in order to eat. They had to, um, they had to be out on the streets asking for mercy from everyone that passed by, really, right? Um, and they cried out to Jesus begging for mercy, they called him Lord, which expresses like an a, um, acknowledgement of his power and his authority, his ability to do something for them, right? And they even called him Son of David, which indicates that they might have believed that he was the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior. And they didn't allow pride to keep them from calling out. And when you think back to that moment when you asked Jesus for mercy... You had to lay down the pride, right? And they didn't allow pride to keep them from calling out because they knew that they could not help themselves. They knew it was a desperate situation. They needed help. 
And how did they know, though, who Jesus was? How did they even know to, to call out? How did they even know he was walking by? The whole reason that they knew was because of his followers. I mean, they likely heard the people proclaiming him as he passed. It said, it said that, you know, Jesus was walking with his disciples and a large crowd was following. These are Jesus' followers are going behind him. And the way the blind men knew to cry out to Jesus was because of his followers. Did Jesus say anything to them? Not until they cried out. The people around Jesus alerted the blind men to the hope of mercy. The people around Jesus alerted the blind men to the hope of sight. And that's you and me. Because there are people all around us who are desperate for mercy. And how will they know there is hope unless we show them? How will they know there's hope unless we tell them? And I know it's hard. (laughs) This past year has been really hard, right? We're all feeling the fatigue and the stress and the uncertainty. Now, imagine going through all of that without Jesus. Can you even imagine? I mean, I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) I need him every day, every hour, right? And we think about going through all of that without Jesus, but people are. And we have the hope that they're looking for. We have the hope that they need, and we can show them how to find mercy. 1 Timothy 1.16, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, uh, he says, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. For that reason, I was shown mercy, you were shown mercy, so that others could see Jesus and receive eternal life. So Jesus has mercy, right? Next, Jesus has time for us. There's a whole crowd following Jesus. Plus, he's got his disciples that he's got to wrangle which didn't always seem easy. (laughs) And I'm sure it wasn't quiet. There's a crowd. But he hears these men crying out to him for mercy, and the scripture says that he stopped. And I love that image. Right? The crowd is telling the men to be quiet. You know, to leave him alone. And Jesus could have easily had their attitude because Jesus always had people looking to meet, his, meet their needs. He always had people pulling at, that, at him, right? And uh, he had just been teaching and walking. He had walked from Jerusalem to Jericho, and now he's leaving Jericho, and he's just been teaching and ministering, and he's probably exhausted. And also at that moment, he had just, if you look earlier in that chapter 20, he had just talked to his disciples about what was going to happen to him and about the cross. 
And so Jesus has probably got that on his mind a little bit too, right? Because he was the son of God, but he was also human. So he's thinking about what's to come and the pain and the suffering that is coming for him. But these men, in the midst of a huge crowd, cry out for mercy. And what does Jesus do? He stops. He offers himself. And this is what he's done and continues to do for you and me. When we cry out to him, he stops. And he hears us. Right? And he offers us mercy. He gives us himself. And there's people around us who need him. And they need us to notice them. Right? Jesus isn't walking around in the flesh today. Except is he? Because he is in us. We are the ones who need to notice those that are crying out for mercy because they may not yell it out. (laughs) We have to notice them. And we're so easily sucked into our own world and our own concerns. I know because I do this too, right? You and I, though, are his plan for reaching those who are hurting and lost. We are the plan. That's why we always say, we are the church. You are the church. The shirts say, I am the church. Because it's up to us. Um, I've always been humbled by all three of my boys. And yes, I'm going to brag on them for just a minute. Because they are amazing. All in their own right. Yep, here we go. <laughs> they. This is why... I, I've been humbled by them over the years. None of the three of them are ever afraid to share Jesus. Ever. They're never afraid to... In fact, not only do they not afraid to share Jesus, but if they notice someone nearby hurting, they go over and ask if they can pray for them, or they go over and tell them about Jesus. And that's humbling to me, because I don't always do that. Right? I can tell you lots of stories, but I'm just going to share one (laughs) because it's the most recent one, and I'm going to try to get through it without crying because it was so powerful and so convicting to me. And God used it to really just begin to stir up that compassion and his love for people again. So a few weeks ago, before... um, we took Hudson to Minnesota. Uh, he and I, uh, he wasn't working, and so he and I were going to the gym together again. That's our thing we do together. And um, you all know Hudson. If you know him, he, um, he's friends with everyone he meets. And so he, he knows people. He talks to people. When I go in the gym, I'm pretty much just, I'm focused. This is what I'm here to do. Don't talk to me. And I'm I'm friendly, but you know what I mean? (laughs) I got the earbuds in. I'm doing my thing, right? But he's always like, hey, you know, and he'll go over and meet people and talk to people and whatever. So um, we were uh, planning to go run some errands and do some things after the gym. So we had planned a time to meet at the car, and he's late. And I'm waiting for him. I'm texting him. Where are you? Coming. And he comes and he gets in the car, and I'm like, 
you didn't shower. He's still in his gym clothes. I'm like, what is going on? Because we're supposed to go other places and do things. He's like, nope. I ran out of time. I was talking to, I'm just going to call him Jake. I was talking to Jake. Oh, okay. So as we're driving, he's sharing with me how he had met this guy, you know, several weeks ago at the gym. And this guy kind of shared a little bit of his story with Hudson just, I don't know, just because he was just very forthcoming, shared his story, some of his pain and hurt and these other things. And, and uh, Hudson said how this particular day, he, said, he thought to himself, he saw Jake and he thought to himself, this might be my last chance. I don't know if I'm going to see him again. So he went over to him and he struck up a conversation and he said, you know, something like, I might not see you for a while, I'm moving for nine months and they start talking about where he's going and as the guy is sharing his the guy just starts sharing his heart and Hudson begins sharing you know what I've struggled with that but Jesus is what gets me through and he just begins to share Jesus with him and the guy's eating it up just no frame of reference for any of it but just loving the conversation. So I'm like, I forgive you for being late. It's fine, right? So it gets better. So then a couple days later, we're back in the gym, and Jake happens to be there. So I got to meet him, and we're kind of talking. And he had sought Hudson out and said, I just want you to know that after you talked to me the other day, I went home and um, he was kind of doing, he was even doing some unsavory things in the moment. And he said, and then I got this urge to read the Bible. Where did that come from? So Hudson starts telling him, well, you, he's like, but I don't have a Bible. Oh, well, just go on your phone, download this app. Let me tell you what you can read. So they start talking. And of course, we invited him to church. And so, but what, what stuck out to me was, the hunger in his heart for Jesus. And if he had never been shared with, you know what I'm saying? The seeds have been scattered and now the Lord will water them. But, but he, you know, Hudson did his part. And I think we have to think that way a lot of times in situations because first of all, we think we don't have time. I don't have time. But Jesus gives time. And we have to give up our time sometimes. We have to give up our pride sometimes. And we have to think to ourselves, what if this is my last chance? What if I never see that person again? Will I regret that I did not share Jesus with them? So that's where we need the compassion of Jesus so that we'll notice. So that we'll notice the people around us. That we'll stop. And we'll give them time. And we'll offer them what Jesus has. And the last thing is that Jesus has transformation for us. The men wanted to see, right? And so what they were asking for was healing. And Jesus healed them. But notice that that, that wasn't the end. What did they do? As soon as he healed them, they followed him. They didn't just go, all right, thanks, Jesus. See ya. Next time you're in town, no, they followed him, right? 
And before we knew Jesus, we were blind. But when our eyes were opened, we were transformed into new creations. We were changed. The Bible says we were made a new creation in Christ. And when we encounter his mercy, it transforms us. It makes us followers, not just churchgoers, not just, you know, part of a club, Christian club. Ugh, who wants that, right? We become followers of Jesus. And people around us are spiritually blind, and the way they see Jesus is through you and me. It just is. So we have to have mercy for others, time for others, and we have to offer Jesus to others. We are his plan for reaching the world. And as I read this passage to prepare for today, I just felt the Holy Spirit so strongly prompting me to pray for the compassion of Jesus to fill us up. Because we get dry, don't we? We get caught up in our own world and our own concerns, and we think about what we need from Jesus. And that's okay. Ask Jesus for what you need. You can cry out to God for mercy too. But we also have to notice others. We have to see others. We have to, because they're hurting and they're desperate and they have no other way of knowing unless we are willing to share. And I felt the Lord also speaking to me about the desperation of the people in our community. And I honestly believe that he is drawing people. I got, uh, he, he gave me the um, Psalm 126, at the se- and I don't have it in front of me, but the second half of it talks about how um, the harvest, bringing in the harvest. We're bringing in the harvest. That Jesus wants to use us to bring in the harvest, and he is already drawing people. But we have to be that point of contact. And so we have to... In- make time for them. He's looking for us to pray, to reach out, and to make time for them. So I want to pray for that this morning. And and if you have not been transformed by Jesus yourself, you can be today. Today's your day, right? And so if that's you, I I would encourage you to um, meet with the prayer team and have them pray with you to meet Jesus this morning. But I want Lee to come and we're going to pray because I want that too. Like, I want, I don't want to lose the compassion. I don't want to lose the heart for the lost. And I want you to have that heart for the lost too because we need to ask Jesus for the things that break his heart to break ours too. Do you have something? Uh, also, just wanted to remind you we have a prayer team. Um, one of our prayer team members was feeling today that there was someone or some ones here that is really wrestling with loneliness. You're, and, and especially loneliness and dealing with your problems. That, that you've got some burdens, your shoulders are weighed down, and you feel alone in that. And that um, God wants to touch you today. So if that is you, um, I encourage you to go see our prayer team today. Okay, let them pray for you. They're wonderful people. And, uh, and you can go get prayer for any reason. But that's you. That's God mm-hmm. tapping you on the shoulder. Okay. Mm-hmm.
Let's pray together. So if, if you just, if you want to ask God for the compassion of Jesus to be in your heart, would you just stand with me? I think that sometimes we have to move our body, like change our position in order to be more receptive to that. And if you're thinking, I don't even know if I want to have compassion because I don't feel a thing, you probably should stand up. <laughs> if you're feeling numb, that's a good indication. It's easy to become callous because it hurts. It hurts. When we see people hurting, it hurts us, right? And, some to, and it should. But sometimes it just, it can be hard. And so we put people at arm's length or we, we, we do this and we harden our hearts so that we don't have to feel that. But we have to because that's what Jesus did and asks us to do. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you come and bring your heart for others to us? For the lost, for the lonely, for the hurting, for the desperate even for the people that drive us crazy. God, would you give us a heart of compassion? Would you open our eyes to the people around us? Father, we repent for the times that we decided we were too busy to share your mercy with someone else. God, I repent. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who make time to offer you. Let your spirit come and bring refreshing. God, would you soften our hearts? Because so often we've, we just allow ourselves to become hardened to the world and, and to the pain around us because it's just easier to deal with that way. But would you soften our hearts? Would you replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh? Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see. Lord, when there's somebody nearby hurting, ah, that we would be okay stopping. To do for others what you have done for us. Um, Lord, it's so easy to get uh, trapped in the culture of hurry Lord that we just don't notice those around us and the culture of distraction God where we just can't see because our focus is elsewhere and I pray that when we go out and about when we go to the store Lord we notice the hurting people and when we go to the gym <laughs> we notice hurting people 
And like Jesus, we would just walk slowly through our environments and give ourselves to those around us. God, reflecting you. In Jesus' name.